0: Hello, Girl Boss. This is your host, Sophia Amoruso, founder and CEO here at Girl Boss. We have a great guest today. She's the CMO of SoFi, Joanne Bradford. And before we get to that, I want to tell you a little bit about the Girl Boss Rally. You've probably heard of it. It's our twice yearly conference, with this time a thousand women heading to New York, Brooklyn to be exact. And it's going to be bigger and better than ever, and that's because it's our first two-day Girl Boss Rally extravaganza. Registration is officially open now, and not to freak you out, but early nerd registrations sold out in 24 hours, so you'll want to swing by girlbossrally.com to reserve your spot ASAP. This time around, we're offering new ticket tiers. so You can come by to shop for only $30, attend the day that works for you, or stay the whole weekend, whatever you choose, I can't wait to see you there. And we promise it will be an incredible weekend filled with inspiring, intelligent, and daring women who will challenge you and empower you to pursue your version of success. That's dot com and at Girlboss Rally. And remember, if you like what you hear in today's show, it's a big deal. If you go ahead, give us a good rating, review, subscribe, and please tell a friend. It's such a complicated idea, and yet for so long, we've all collectively subscribed to a single definition of the word, which was likely given to us by a white-haired dude somewhere in a boardroom in the 1960s. And there's nothing wrong with that definition, with the notion of climbing a corporate ladder with a singular focus. But it's time to make space for a few other definitions: for side hustles and well-being, and failing forward, and for the idea that success is a wild ride, not the destination at the end of it. Join me for a journey into the lives of women who are redefining success and paving the way for others with grit and grace. I'm Sophia Maruso, the founder and CEO of Girl Boss Media, and this is Girl Boss Radio. Joanne Bradford is an experienced CMO who has a long history of success in media, tech, and the financial services industry. Throughout her career, she's had significant experience leading product marketing, business development, and programming, as well as building global
1: sales and marketing teams. The headhunter gave me feedback and said, "Um, you know, you're not the right fit for them. And I didn't understand the interview process at Microsoft and what they were looking for was strategic thinking, much more in line with what an MBA does. And so because I was a good salesperson, I begged and borrowed and said, can I please come back and redo my interview? Um, and I was able to redo my interview and ultimately convince them you know, that I should have the job. She's held executive leadership positions
0: at the San Francisco Chronicle, Demand Media, Yahoo, Microsoft. Businessweek and Pinterest. She currently serves as the chief marketing officer of SoFi, a leader in marketplace lending and the largest provider of student loan refinancing.
1: I went into financial services after a very long career in media. So I had to learn everything. You know, I was Googling what's weighted average coupon, Googling what is, you know, really understanding APR, interest rates, terms, all of those things. Um, and I had to learn all of those things. And so I, I like a challenge, but yeah, I feel like I have to prove myself every day. In addition to being SoFi's CMO, she
0: has also just launched a project called Get That Raise, which is a special initiative to equip professionals with the tools to know their value in the workplace and ask for greater compensation.
1: What stands in the way of people's progress with money is usually inertia. So most people should refi their student loans, but they don't because they're just too lazy, or they'll do it tomorrow. I mean, how many things do you have that you should do tomorrow? And, you know, looking for a job and getting a raise and doing that homework and being prepared and getting your boss to sit down in a productive manner and having that discussion is a lot of work. Today, Joanne is here to
0: share her tips on how to ask for a raise, how to successfully navigate male dominated industries, and her advice on how to become a CMO or chief marketing officer. Now, let's get to it. Here's my chat with SoFi CMO Joanne Bradford. I would like to know, what was your first job?
1: Oh, my first job, um, I used to iron clothes for my neighbor. And then I started scooping ice cream um, and uh, worked at a dry cleaner. Um, And then I was a terrible student. uh, And when I went to junior college, I worked at my college newspaper Um, And then I went to San Diego State and I went to work at the college newspaper and I said, do you pay? And they said, we pay across the hall where they sell ads, but not where you write the content. So I went across the hall because I wanted to make money. So do you think any of
0: those early roles prepared you for where you are today what did you learn in those early roles because i think a lot of the time we start somewhere and we're like oh my god like how does this apply to what i'm going to do next and a lot of the time i i think those early jobs can really subsidize what your future becomes and you carry those you carry those things with you uh
1: through your entire career yeah absolutely you know Uh, scooping ice cream, I learned how to clean up a mess. And I still do that some days in in life. Um, But really, the things that I learned were, you know, you always have to show up, you have to, you know, work a little harder than most folks. And then you can't be afraid to ask for more responsibility. So, you know, I always knew I didn't want to do the lowest wrong jobs. So I would try to figure out how I could get the next job, the next job, the manager, you know, get the keys to the dry cleaner. Um, At my college newspaper, I had to um, hire... 20 people to go sell ads, so I had to learn how to manage them. Um, I had to learn how to motivate them and train them, um, and it was really a challenge. And you know, I would read books and ask people, and then I would just copy a lot of people. Anything that I saw that I liked that they did, I would try to do it. But it was really a lot of uh, self-teaching in the in the early days of of my career, and I think that's what people have to do today. My first job uh, was in the Macy's management program when I got out of college. And I was really fortunate that they had a management program where they taught you things and skills. And then I went to McGraw Hill um, and worked at Business Week. And they had a management program where they really invested in your training and skills. And I'm really thankful for for all of that help and advice along the way. I don't think that really exists today in companies. Mm-hmm. So people have to find tools and other places to to get those things.
0: Does the Macy's training program no longer exist? Because in my, you know, years in retail it was always this legendary program that such so many great people began their
1: careers in yeah, it was uh, it was really a great program. I actually met my husband. He was in my class in that program. And you learned how to merchandise and deal with a PL and you know, deal with buyers and sellers. I don't know if that program exists, but it was it was a lot of fun and it was super challenging. They made you do a rotation in the store, a rotation in the buying office, a rotation in the merchandising office. So you got to see all sides of things. And, you know, not everybody succeeded. And so, you know, we started off in a class class of 30. Um, after a year, there were 20 of us. After a year and a half, there were 15 of us. So, you know, you see people come and go and find what they love to do and what they don't love to do. San Diego State is, you know, it's it's not a UC. It's not a Ivy League school. And
0: I would imagine that many, many people in your position, you're surrounded by MBAs and Stanford graduates. Do you feel like you've had to prove yourself over the course of your career and work a little bit harder than than your peers because of that or, or no?
1: Yeah, I would say I worked at Business Week magazine for a long time and asked for a territory um, in a place called San Jose and Silicon Valley where there was nobody selling ads and went and sold the first ads to Hewlett Packard and Cisco and Intel. Um, and I spent 13 years there and it was an amazing experience and opportunity. Um, and then I wanted to go work in tech and and I've written a little bit about this story, but I um, went to interview for the chief revenue officer at Microsoft, which I ended up getting, but I bombed the first interview. Um, I went there and I tried to sell them on me, and the headhunter gave me feedback and said, "Um, you know, you're not the right fit for them. And I didn't understand the interview process at Microsoft, and what they were looking for was strategic thinking, much more in line with what an MBA does. And so... Because I was a good salesperson, I begged and borrowed and said, "Can I please come back and redo my interview?" Um, and I was able to redo my interview and ultimately convince them you know that I should have the job. The other thing it was two thousand and one and nobody wanted to work in the internet. the bubble had burst. People didn't think the internet was going to work. Um, I'm sure there's been a a moment in time on podcasts on that. Um, But I went there and we grew a business into a multi-billion dollar business that's still thriving. And it was a lot of fun. But you know, you couldn't Google how to interview at Microsoft because Google didn't exist then. <laughs> but you know, it was trial and error, and um, sort of never taking no for an answer, and always trying to get feedback. Um, it's not easy. Like it's you know, and every day I still feel like you know I need to to prove myself, and you know my my present job as the CFO CMO of uh, Sofi Social Finance um, is you know, I went into financial services after a very long career in media. So I had to learn everything. You know, I was Googling what's weighted average coupon, Googling what is, you know, really understanding APR, interest rates, terms, all of those things. Um, and I had to learn all of those things. And so I, I like a challenge. But yeah, I feel like I have to prove myself every day, even even at this point in my career.
0: Joanne has worked for many different companies in high-ranking positions and was even a founding advisor to Sheryl Sandberg's Lean In. So she's a bit of an expert when it comes to asking for greater compensation. She shared her top tips for how to ask to get a raise.
1: At SoFi, we're working on um, a program uh, that launches Uh, Today called Get That Raise. Um, You know, most people don't ask for a raise. And when you ask for a raise, you usually get it. Um, 57% of people feel like they're underpaid, but only a third will ask for a raise and, you know, preparing for that. So I have a a daughter who's two years into her career who will kill me for saying this, but she just uh, recently asked for a raise and I helped her prepare it. And I said, look, people come in and just ask me for a raise. But they don't tell me how they're going to help me. They don't tell me what they're going to do for me, how they're going to help my business, how they're going to advance, how they're going to make my life easier. So you know, she wrote a little document that uh, was along those lines. She was able to get a raise. She wants more of a raise, but it was at least she was prepared for the discussion. It wasn't just, hey, come in here and get a raise. And I found that in my whole career, like you have to put yourself in the shoes of the other person. What are you trying to solve for them? You can't put a problem on someone else's lap. if you're trying to sell them, if you're trying to convince them of something, you've got to really give them a solution. And I know that sounds very trite and simple, but if you do your work with that approach, I think it will pay off. And I, I can give you you know a hundred examples of that. Um, it's not always easy and you have to remind yourself, like solve the problem for the person on the other side of the desk versus yourself first mm-hmm. um, because I think great reward comes with that kind of approach. How long do you think you have to work at a company? Someone should have to work at a company before asking for a raise? I I think there's three things that you should think about when you ask for a raise. You know, number one is your experience. Number two is your, your contribution. And then number three is if you're actually willing to quit. So, you know, I, I think, you know, if you think the market conditions are such that you're really undervalued and the job market is hot, in San Francisco, it's a very hot job market, but, you know, in other parts of the country, it's not that easy to get a job. So you know, you've got to weigh those odds and and prepare for it. Um, the also the other thing that I think is most interesting for people is that they're very challenged. To change things. You know, as much as people want to change things in their life, actually doing it is very difficult. You know, one of the things I've learned working at SoFi is that what stands in the way of people's progress with money is usually inertia. So most people should refi their student loans, but they don't because they're just too lazy or they'll do it tomorrow. I mean, how many things do you have that you should do tomorrow? Um, And, you know, looking for a job and getting a raise and doing that homework and being prepared and getting your boss to sit down in a productive manner and having that discussion is a lot of work. And most people just put it off and they're too lazy. I don't actually think that, uh, that, you know, People really proactively manage their life as uh, as well as they should on the career front and the financial front. Mm-hmm. I think they're they put much more work into their relationships. Um, sometimes the tools are easier. You know, I have lots of people at work. Uh, Tinder didn't exist when I met my husband but I that's it's an easy tool to use to sort through you know potential relationships. Um, I think that needs to happen in uh, financial services and in career. I don't really think it's it's that easy to go figure out what you're worth, what your skill sets you need are and how you should go about it mm-hmm. And that's something that's kind of at the core of what we
0: do and talk about every day here at girl boss yeah. which is just being an active person in your life and often people don't really tell you that and it's natural for some people and then for you know the rest of us we're waiting for things to fall in our lap we're waiting for that mentor to show up we're waiting for that job to present itself and nothing comes easy it doesn't matter how much experience you have you know what position you're in how much of a great head start you have like you know Or how high of a performer you are, like nobody's really thinking about you. I think like you have to remember that everybody's so caught up in their lives and their drama and their raises and, you know, even if they're managing you you know whether they're a great manager or not there's always going to be that dynamic where people aren't sitting around focused on you so you have to advocate for yourself and one of those things you just mentioned is negotiating and you were mentioning you're talking about negotiating a raise but i think you know the the kind of principles of negotiating the a raise in the way that you described is something that you know i'd like to unpack just a little bit because yeah, those absolutely. themes you know span any kind of negotiation and I think you know what you described is like you know one scarcity like how much scarcity is there you know that's negotiating leverage and you know you're talking about a hot job market but that could be anything it could be buying a rug like you know it could be how many buyers there are to buy that vintage rug and like do you have leverage because there's no one else walking in the door at that antique shop um You have to know what you're willing to accept or not. Will you walk away? Like, what is the threshold for you to say, you know what, this isn't worth my time? And then, you know, knowing your value, bringing that to the table and being able to articulate that. So I just, you know, that's, those are all such kind of universal principles for negotiation that I think spans like everything that we do. Joanne's company, SoFi, specializes in student loan refinancing, so she
1: revealed her best advice for how to get out from under student loan debt. Yeah. So SoFi um, stands for social finance and company started about six years doing student loan refinancing. So, you know, you graduate from school, the average person um, has about $35,000 in debt. If you have an MBA or your doctor, you have hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt. It's usually at a high interest rate. You get a job, you work for a few years and you refinance your loan to a lower rate because of your income and your credit worthiness and you know, other factors, and you refinance your loan and you can save thousands of dollars over the course of your loan. So I've seen people that have taken their loan payment, cut the amount in half by lowering their interest rates or paid off their loan sooner by using SoFi. We were one of the only people offering that product when we started Since then, we've also added personal loans, which is credit card debt consolidation, quick personal loans for home loans and other things. People use them sometimes for medical emergencies, for divorce, for other things. When you need a personal loan, you don't want to liquidate assets or you don't have access to cash. We also do mortgages. We have a Investment product, which is a robo advisor with human help on it. So you can call up and work through a plan. And we have a debit card, which is sort of a checking account meets a savings account because you never get both of those things. I think it's a little bit peanut butter and chocolate. And so SOFI has tried to serve people that fall between, you know, go into your local branch and figure out something else. And and what we've tried to do is align with your ambition in life, um, that you have goals, that maybe you want to get out of your student loan debt, have a home, go travel, go do those things. And so we want you to have enough financial independence that you can make the right decisions in your life.
0: We'll have more with Joanne Bradford in just a second, but first let's talk about Skillshare. If you don't know, Skillshare is an online learning platform with over 20,000 classes in business marketing, technology, design, and more. And it's actually, you know, we have a Monday morning meeting here at Girlboss and our graphic designer announced that her Girlboss moment was taking a class on Skillshare. So you can take classes here in social media marketing, data science, web development, watercoloring, if you can think of it, they've got it. So whether you're trying to deepen your professional skill set, start a side hustle, or explore a new passion, Skillshare is there to keep you learning and thriving. What I love about Skillshare, and I know I mentioned watercolors previously, if you see on my Instagram, I've, I've not, I have I've don't know if I could say I've taken up watercoloring, but I really enjoy it on weekends to just let my mind wander and so they have a great class called creating textures in watercolors and they also have another one called the art of the start which talks all about turning your ideas into high growth businesses so join me and the millions of students already learning on Skillshare today with a special offer just for Girlboss Radio listeners get two months of Skillshare for just 99 cents that's right Skillshare is offering Girlboss Radio listeners two months of unlimited access to over. 20,000 classes for just 99 cents. To sign up, go to Skillshare.com slash Girlboss. Again, go to Skillshare.com slash Girlboss to start your two months now. That's Skillshare.com slash Girlboss. We'll have more with Joanne Bradford in just a second, but first let's talk about ShipStation. We have so many direct-to-consumer e-commerce business entrepreneurs listening to Girlboss radio and... If you're in that business or ship anything, you need ShipStation. And that's why we use ShipStation here at Girlboss for all of our shipping needs. We have a small amount of merch that we sell once in a while and we use it to ship everything that we do. And we do it more in less time with the best rates available. So whether you're using your own website, Shopify, Squarespace, or over 75 other popular selling channels, you can use ShipStation to bring all of your orders into one simple interface which makes it really easy to manage from your phone from anywhere, can be standing in line to get coffee, and your business keeps running. You can use ShipStation to create shipping labels for all the top carriers, including UPS, FedEx, and USPS. So right now, try ShipStation free for 30 days and get an additional month free only if you use our exclusive promo code, Girlboss. Don't wait. Go to ShipStation.com. Before you do anything else, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in Girlboss. That's ShipStation.com. Enter Girlboss. ShipStation. Make ship happen. Now let's get back to our interview with Joanne Bradford. So you've been a chief revenue officer, a chief operating officer, and now a chief marketing officer. Can you tell us what a chief marketing officer does, just for our listeners who don't really know, and what has it been like moving from such different roles over the course of your career?
1: Yeah, um, um, I'm also a mom and a wife. I've got two girls, and um, I'm my goal in life was to, um, retire when they were in high school so I could be home when they were making very critical decisions, you know, what to do, what to wear, where to go, who to go with. And when I, they got to high school, um, they looked at me and they said, Mom, we would prefer that you work. We would prefer that you're out there on the front line, you know, fighting the battle. And they're two very strong young women, which is, which I think is really probably one of my proudest accomplishments. Um, my younger daughter goes to USC and is involved in a, a little think tank down there about, you know, gender equality. And she will speak her mind um, in any situation. And so I'm super proud of that next generation that, that is— They're less afraid than I ever was, which is kind of amazing. And then what is a chief marketing officer? So a chief marketing officer, what I do is we build all the advertising, we build all the marketing, we build the point of view for the product, the positioning. Uh, We work with um, everybody from Facebook to Google to create ads for TV, to work on media partnerships, to run the events. We try to make it all you know, feel and look like an amazing experience and that it rings true to our aspiration. Um, I have, uh, you know, a couple hundred people in my organization that do everything from creative execution to event execution to strategy and brand work. When I was a chief revenue officer, I did that job at Yahoo and Microsoft for years. Um, I ran sales forces. Um, I had a couple of thousand people that worked for me that went out and sold advertising to companies like Walmart and Procter & Gamble and Ford and Sony Pictures and, you know, you name it. Um, And we went out and built relationships um, so those people could place their ads in uh, Yahoo or Microsoft products. And so I learned a lot about, you know, looking at both sides of the equation so when I went to SoFi, I had to learn everything about the financial services business. And the first thing I did was uh, go meet with our members and our customers. I went to a dinner we were having for them, and I realized how powerful the brand was. When I sat around with 20 people one night and talked about their hopes and dreams for their money and their career and their relationships and their networks and how important it was, and that's when I knew I was in a in a very interesting place. But I had to really learn about the challenges of the financial services business and everything that needed to be done there. I knew I could connect with the consumer. I just had to really learn about the ins and outs of the financial services business. And I'm okay at it. I still have a lot to learn. Joanne revealed the importance of building your professional network. The network is super important. It's been one of the most powerful things in my life and my career. Um, I've never had to go look for a job. I've always had people call me, which I've been very fortunate. Um, And I've had a lot of opportunity come my way, and I think that is mostly due to my network. When I started off as a salesperson, there were a lot of industry events that I could go to and meet people, which was great. And you have to take advantage of it, and then you have to keep in touch with people, and. as I moved out of the selling piece of it, I do continue to still go to industry events and always try to make sure that I'm spending some time networking. So at that conference, you know, that lunch is super important. Very networked woman from one of the venture firms puts that lunch together. And I think you always have to show up. You know, I think women's network is only as powerful as the time you put into it. So, you know, there are times when I've had to drive an hour and a half to go to an event that I would have rather gone home and like sat down and watch some Netflix. But I was like, okay, I got to go do this. And I always learn something and meet some folks. And I'm fortunate enough to have to be included and then you have to throw some of your own events right and it's always scary and you have to put yourself out there in order to to do it you know I've invited people to an event and sometimes they don't show up and that's okay right I mean you, we learn that lesson when we're super young and you have a birthday party and no one shows up right and so you have to kind of keep doing that in life um, to build a network and it's, it's super hard work but you get a lot of information you can check with people on what's happening. You know, you can check in on your, your value on what's going on, on who's hiring, who's not hiring, how businesses are doing. You know, when when we opened up this call, I said, hey, how's your business? What's going on? You told me you're hiring some people, what you're doing. I'm now going to go network and tell some people, hey, you know, you should go take a look at this. So, you know, it's it's a constant thing that you have to nurture. And some days it's just you're tired and you don't have the energy to do it. But put it in because it will pay back.
0: Before Joanne left, I asked her to share her most recent girl boss moment.
1: I have been married for 27 years, and I still really enjoy my husband. But one of the things I do every year is I put my wedding dress on. Um, I keep it in a Rubbermaid container in the garage and I take it on every year and put it on and zip it up just to make sure it still fits. And my girl boss moment, why I do that is because um, it's really a commitment to my health um, and to like holding myself to some specific standard. Um, And it's just, it's funny, it's fun, but I feel like there's a benefit and a payoff to it. Um, And I start Started it after I had kids and it's just a really funny one. The other Girl boss moment is that I do take um, each of my family members on their own, trip every year by themselves. And they've been everything from, you know, big trips to like a weekend away to uh, my older daughter's uh, sad to say that she ends up at business conferences with me, mm-hmm. but where she has learned a lot about uh, working and jobs and built her own network from from that. So those are my two, you know, big girl boss moments. You know, take care of yourself first and then take people with you on the job journey.
0: Two more quick questions. You seem like someone who's read a lot of business books and I (laughs) love nonfiction. I love business books because I'm a work in progress. Everyone on this podcast is constantly curious about what we can read, whether it's, you know, a business book or something that is, you know, the business of ourselves. What what, book would you recommend that we go read? What single book and what would just the title be? Just tell us the title.
1: You know, I actually love to watch documentaries. So I watch tons of documentaries, and I love a study of a character. So, you know, I'm a little bit on an Ozark kick right now. Oh, my I watched, God, me too. Know, <laughs> Narcos, like he was a good example of what not to do as a leader. I like Billions. I like where there's a depth of character where you can look at how they behave and what they do. You know, I read all the books, but I, I really— Really enjoy a char- learning from a character and thinking about like what they do or what they don't do, and you know I'm a little obsessed with Taylor from Billions right now because I want to see what happens like you know take over the world or take a fall. Either way, it's an amazing story. So one thing we're unpacking
0: or I don't know playing with it's like Play-Doh or silly putty more than it is an
1: answer. But success means something different. To everybody, what does success mean to you? Success means to me that, you know, I, I've learned something. I've pushed myself and that I'm trying I'm trying really hard. I like to work. I like to make progress. Um, I like to be creative. You know, people always ask me why I'm not a CEO. I don't want to be a CEO. You know, I, I I think you and I could probably talk about that for a long time it's It's hard work, right? Like I want to have just a little bit more balance than a than than you get when you're a CEO of something. But I really like a challenge and I like to do things that haven't been done before. And so that's a very common theme in my jobs um, that I've taken and that usually nobody really had the job before or pushed it the way that I was able to. And so that's really the most rewarding part of, of everything that I do. Thank you so much for joining
0: us today on Girl Boss Radio. If you like what you heard, remember to subscribe, rate, review, tell your friends, follow at Girlboss, at Girlboss Radio, at Boss Rally, and me, at Sophia Amoruso. Be sure to check out our mental health podcast with Jen Gotch. It's called Jen Gotch is Okay Sometimes. And remember to be on the lookout for our newest podcast, super exciting, in partnership with Toomey. It's called In Progress. And remember... There's exciting things in our future, in your future. Go to thefuture.girlboss.com to
1: be the first to hear about it.